This is Daniel Gallardo, and you're listening to the Tenkara Cast, a podcast about the simple Japanese method of fly fishing, Tenkara. In the Tenkara Cast, we'll be sharing information on techniques, history, philosophy, and Tenkara stories from anglers all over the world. This podcast is brought to you by Tenkara Yosei, introducing Tenkara outside of Japan since 2009. It's only possible we create content such as this podcast and videos because of your support. So we thank you so very much for purchasing Tenkara Yosei rods, lines, and flies. I hope you enjoy learning more about the simple method of fly fishing. Hey, thank you all very much for tuning in to yet another episode of the Tenkara Cast. This is Daniel Gallardo, and today I'm going to be talking about a couple of things that just came to mind. And it's been a few weeks uh, since I've last had an episode on the Tenkara Cast, uh, but today I had a little bit of inspiration. Uh, But before I get into the topic of today's conversation, which is going to be my outdoor obsessions... I wanted to thank you so very much for supporting the Kickstarter campaign for Tenkara the Book. Uh, my last episode for the Tenkara cast, I announced and asked for your support, and it totally came through, so thank you. Um, if you haven't heard the last episode, uh, that was uh, when I announced the campaign on Kickstarter to uh, help me publish my book, Tenkara the Book. Tenkara is going to be spelled in lowercase. Uh, to differentiate Tenkara the method from Tenkara the brand or Tenkara USA the brand. Um, A lot of times I see Tenkara spelled in um, caps and, um, you know, and that kind of makes it a little bit confusing. So the the name Tenkara in in lowercase, but in any case, that's besides the point. The the campaign on Kickstarter was incredibly successful. Um, I raised uh, what I set as the uh, minimum funding goal uh, in about five hours. Uh, so you guys listened to the episode, you went through Kickstarter, and you totally just kind of rocked my word here by uh, helping me raise the funds necessary to print the book. But most importantly, um, as I mentioned in my lap- last episode, one of the main reasons I did this campaign on Kickstarter for Tenkara the book was to kind of give me a little bit of extra energy, a little bit of a kick in the butt just to get it done. Uh, this book is being kind of sitting on top of my shoulders for a few years now. It's been almost, it's probably been 95% on the way done uh, for over a year now. And the last 5% of the book has been incredibly tough for me just to get it completed for no good reason. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to put this on Kickstarter, you know, see what happens if people are interested in a book, then I have to totally come through and publish it. So you did come through, we funded it in five hours, and we raised uh, thirty over $32,000, uh, which is really cool because, for one, I see a lot of you are listening to the episode, episodes of Tenkara Cast. Uh, I love your support. I just loved seeing those numbers kind of going up and uh, mostly the number of funders coming through. Uh, and now I'm going to deliver the book to you. So that's my, my promise. Uh, I'm going to try to get it uh, finalized and in your hands sometime in December. I did put the, uh, the timeline there in January so that we can have a little cushion, but I'll try my best to get it done fast. Uh, this weekend, just in a couple of days, uh, I'm going to have my designer, Jeremy Shellhorn, come to Boulder, spend a few days with me, 
And we're going to hunker down and just get the stuff done and out of the way. So we have some illustrations, some photography that we have to get done. And then I also have to start working on some videos that are going to go along with the book. And the, the extra funding that was raised uh, is definitely going to help with a few different things. Uh, first, we can print a higher quality publication uh, because of your support. Second, I'm going to be able to put a little bit more resources into creating some videos that are going to enhance the quality of the final product of the Tenkara the book. So thanks again for coming through, supporting our project on Kickstarter. I'm really excited about this book. It's going to have a lot of good information, good stories. Um, this week I'm going to be sitting through and revisiting this whole project and getting it done. So thanks for uh, putting a little bit of a flame under my feet, give me a little kick in the butt, and help me uh, get motivated just to finish it. <laughs> uh, today, I had this thinking, actually over the last week, I was thinking a lot about this, uh, and I wanted to do an episode about um, my outdoor obsessions. And the reason I'm calling my outdoor obsessions uh, is because of a campaign that my climbing friend, Hans Florin, uh, if you haven't heard of Hans' name, uh, he's the speed record holder for the fastest ascent of the nose on El Capitan. He did it in two hours, 30-something minutes, I forget exactly the time. Uh, he recently published a book called On the Nose, and it's about his history with climbing El Capitan over 100 times and climbing, actually climbing the nose a hundred times now uh, with multiple people. And then he published this book recently, uh, which is also a really cool inspirational thing, both on the climbing front and on the publishing front, you know. So a little shout out to Hans Florin in his book, which he put out. And to promote the book, uh, Hans and his co-author, uh, Jane Moyne, they're doing a campaign called My Outdoor Obsession. And the the whole thing there is, you know, like when you get into a sport so deeply that you devote a great amount of time to it. And, in ca you know, in the case of Hans, rock climbing has, has, been, has been his obsession. Uh, but Hans is also a fly angler. You know, he started fly fishing with our rods uh, one or two years ago now, I think a couple of years ago. I took him out fishing uh, when he came to visit Boulder. And we did a little fishing and then climbing in the afternoon. Hans has also been teaching his uh, kid how to fly fish. And I'm a little bit on the opposite side of the thing here from Hans, where, whereas Hans' obsession was climbing the nose as many times as he could and as fast as he could, my main outdoor obsession and what you guys know me for is fly fishing. But as somebody put to me recently, or somebody was introducing me to somebody else recently, and the way he introduced me was by saying that I'm a rock climber disguised as a fly angler. Um, sometimes I'm the other way around. Sometimes I'm a, rock, um, I'm a fly angler dis disguised as a rock climber. So my two outdoor obsessions in life are, some of you might know, rock climbing and fly fishing. In no particular order here. And that's what I wanted to talk a little bit about today. Uh, just, uh, you know, first... You know, like why I'm obsessed about those things, uh, but also the way that those activities kind of fit together, and also maybe the way that rock climbing uh, has allowed me to create Tenkara USA and has kind of allowed me, 
you know, just to kind of find a different aspect of life, um, you know, how rock climbing and fly fishing complement each other. So a lot of you who are listening, um, I'm assuming you, since you're listening to this episode is, or to this podcast is because you're interested very much in fly fishing. But I suspect that a lot of you also have other outdoor obsessions or at least outdoor interests. You might be mountain biking when you're not fly fishing. You might be rock climbing like I am. Um, or maybe you're stand-up paddle boarding. Um, you know, and of course, some of you are only fly, you know, fly fishing a lot as well and devoting your time to it. Uh, but you, um, I suspect almost all of you are going to have different interests that take you outdoors. And the same is true for me. Uh, while a lot of people know me for fly fishing because I've done a lot of fly fishing videos, uh, I do go back and forth a lot between fly fishing and rock climbing. So just to share a little bit of my story, uh, because I actually started, even though I was fishing uh, from a very, very early age, um, I think I was also climbing trees and rocks uh, from that age on as well. But I started fly fishing and rock climbing right at around the same time, when I was about 14, 15 years old. Um, and those are the two passions that, you know, have stayed with me forever, and they kind of shape a lot of who I am and what I do with my spare time. And I do think that they're very complementary uh, passions, and I'll talk a little bit more why in a second. Um but I started doing the two things almost at the same time. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, before I took up fly fishing and before I took up rock climbing, I thought those two activities were uh, never going to be a part of my life. <laughs> so with fly fishing, I remember this very vivid memory uh, when I was about eighth grade or something. And a friend of mine had talked about how he started fly fishing. And this was in Brazil where nobody fly fished. But this friend of mine who was equally obsessed uh, with fishing as I was, he started talking about how he was trying fly fishing. And I immediately said something along the lines of, like, why would I ever try that? It's, like, so complicated. I'm catching fish with my reel and lure, uh, which I was using at the time, without having any problems. Why would I ever try fly fishing? That's, like, one of the silliest things. I'm not going to try it. A few months later, I'm buying my first fly fishing kit, and all of a sudden... Fly fishing takes a hold of me like nothing else. And rock climbing is exactly the same way, actually. Uh, not a super popular sport uh, in Brazil. I mean, it was big enough, uh, maybe a little bit bigger than fly fishing in Brazil at the time, but not huge. And at one point, there's a climbing gym that opened just a few blocks away from my house, where I was living in my hometown. And another friend, this was actually just a few months, uh, it, was a, it was about a year later, I think, than fly fishing now that I think about it. Uh, but a f another friend of mine mentioned that she was going to this climbing gym and, you know, doing rock climbing indoors. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing. I'm like, why would I ever want to try that? And lo and behold, the climbing gym is just a few, uh, five blocks from my house. I one day walked there and I get an introduction to it. And first time I was up on the wall, I got... You know, I was terrified. My hands were sweating, but within a couple of climbs, I started getting more comfortable, and a few days later, I think I was hooked uh, into my second passion in life, which is rock climbing. So I guess the first lesson here, or the first moral of the story is, which I just came up with, um, don't underestimate, you know, a sport. Don't dismiss 
um, a, an activity because you never know until you try. So that's the first lesson of today. Don't dismiss it. I did that with both of them, and I think I was young enough to uh, turn back around. And if I had completely dismissed them, I wouldn't have the two biggest passions of my life, which are fly fishing and rock climbing uh, this day. So I'm very happy that I was able to forget how I dismissed them. And within a couple of months, I uh, started trying them and fell in love. So if you have ever looked at a sport, looked at an activity and thought it looked really silly, give it a try sometime and just see how it feels like. And if it's silly, you never try it again. But uh, you never know. You know, it's uh, I've tried a lot of other things that I've dismissed over the years, I think. Actually, I think I started not dismissing things after those two um uh, those two experiences, I think I really kind of became a little bit more interested in trying things that looked funny at a first glance. So rock climbing and fly fishing have been part of my life for now at this point about, uh, so I started doing both about 15, so about 17 years, 17 to 18 years I've been doing both. Uh, and I don't know where I would be without them. Um, the interesting thing is that I've kind of taken turns in my life, going back and forth between the two. Uh, For one reason or another, I don't know why, uh, but since I started doing both, it seems like I go through phases where for sometimes it goes for a year, sometimes two or even more, two or three years. I fly fish a whole lot more than I rock climb, and I'm not rock climbing quite as much. Other times I'm rock climbing a whole bunch and not fly fishing quite as much. And I still do both. I mean, I'll still take, you know, a period here and there to do both activities. Um, But it's been really interesting. So in about 18 years um, of rock climbing and fly fishing, I've taken turns between the two. So I've kind of had these back and forth. And recently, um, you know, I think I've been much more on a rock climbing fit you know I've just been kind of devoting myself kind of using the uh, my time on rock cliffs um, you know just to kind of think about different things uh, kind of get out of my fly fishing space sometimes although the really cool thing is that I can do both uh, almost at the same time now uh, especially living in a place that has good rock climbing and good fly fishing and very often in the same exact locations um, I can do both and Tenkata lends itself really well to doing that. So actually just on Sunday, so yesterday was uh, Labor Day. The day before, my friend Tim and I went up to Boulder Canyon, um, and we went up in the morning, and we told ourselves, let's bring rods just in case the rocks are wet or we have to kill some time. But we knew full well that we just wanted to fish as well. So we spent the morning climbing until probably 3 in the afternoon, and we spent... We did some kind of fun, uh, hard rock climbs. And then we got back down, and Boulder Canyon has a, you know, a stream that sometimes you have to cross, and we had to cross in the morning to fish. But on the way down, we were walking along the creek to get back to the car, and we are going by all these pools, and we see a couple of good fish rising up and eating stuff on the surface, and we're like, oh, let's totally fish. Even though we were pretty tired, we could have just gone back home. We actually spent a little bit of time fishing. And, and I think that's where the complementary parts of uh, fly fishing and rock climbing kind of come in. And there's a lot of activities, I think, that are very complementary. 
And this is something that I've been thinking a lot about recently uh, between rock climbing and fly fishing. I've noticed that both let me see things in different ways. They kind of bring about different instinctive qualities in myself that the other doesn't. So, and I narrowed it down, like after a lot of thinking, a lot of talking uh, with my peers about it, I realized that with fly fishing, I... I'm becoming a predator. You know, essentially, it's kind of bringing this predatorial instinct where I'm hunting. I'm kind of hyper aware of everything around me. I'm, you know, like I'm so in tune with the stream in front of me, with nature around me, with the birds kind of on the trees. And the reason for that, I think, is because the predatorial part of me is coming about. So I tend to, I never, with fly fishing, I've never gotten in this place where I do get often with rock climbing which we might call the zone you know the the place where you just focus on this really small area and you're hyper uh, focused on a small area around it and years ago a friend of mine when I was mentioning to him that how come I never get to this place where I just feel like the word around me disappears in fly fishing like I do with rock climbing and he's like well you're probably looking at the wrong for the wrong feeling for the wrong sensation because in fly fishing or fishing, you're a hunter. You're hyper aware of everything that's going around you. So when I am fishing, um, you know, I'm kind of looking at the water, but I'm hearing things really well around me. It's kind of a very interesting feeling. Whereas on rock climbing, very often I'm just focused on this really small area in front of me. And very often too, like when I get into, uh, you know, when, after I do my warming up and I get into a longer climb, the word around me kind of seems to disappear. And I think that's why I go back and forth between the two because all of a sudden rock climbing is bringing this very different sensation. It's bringing this hyper-focus instead of a hyper-awareness of everything around me. It brings me hyper-focus and I can look, I'm just looking at the next few feet above me and where I have to place my hands and my feet, where I can put protection on the rock so that if I fall, it's going to catch me. And I and I very recently realized that what it is, I think it is bringing the opposite instinct to me, which it is the I'm being hunted, for lack of a better term. Essentially, it's being bringing this instinct um, of, you know, instead of being, bringing the predatorial instinct where I'm hunting for something, it's bringing this instinct of fear of the rock is out to get me kind of thing, even though that's not exactly the case. But I think the instinct is the same. And I become very kind of focused on what I have to do next to to get through, you know, to uh, to to rock climb. So I think that's kind of the second thing that I wanted to discuss today: just how there are different things that are complementary sometimes, and that might be why we crave different things. And I think it might be the same thing with uh, if you're a mountain biker, you know, like you kind of have you're focused on what's coming up ahead of you, and then you. When you cross the stream and you take a break to fly fish for a minute, um, you kind of relax and you become the hunter instead of the hunted. Um, so a couple of years ago, I started this campaign that I called Tenkara Plus. And Tenkara Plus was coming about, it came about because of this realization that there's a lot of activities that are complementary to each other. And primarily, uh, it is, in my opinion, 
different kind of more extreme activities and fly fishing are really good complements to each other. And then with Tenkara, of course, you have these rods that are telescopic. They collapse down to 20 inches or so. You have to carry a minimal amount of gear. It's a three-ounce rod, a two-and-a-half ounce of line and spool and flies, and you're almost done. That's your entire kit. So if you're going to go mountain biking, you have that in your pack. You pull it out and you fish. If you're going to go rock climbing like I was rock climbing on Sunday with Tim, we came back down, pulled the rods out, and started fishing for a couple of hours. And I think that's kind of like where you can find things that complement each other really well. If you, and even like if you're hiking, really, um, you know, that's one of the best complements. Um, it's a little bit different. It's, you're not hunter versus hunted. If you're hiking or backpacking, then it becomes a little bit more of this thing that allows you to stop. You know, you're hiking, you're going this long backpacking trip, you see a fish, and it's like you stop, and all of a sudden you become aware of this little word uh, that you'd have walked right past. So Tenkara Plus is that idea of like having complementary activities. And by complementary, I mean anything plus Tenkara, in my opinion. I mentioned when I started talking about what I was going to discuss today, um, that I think part of the reason I started Tenkara USA is because of my background in rock climbing as well. Uh, and the reason is for that, and the reason I started a company, I think, uh, even though there was a lot of different reasons, um, and I mentioned that I go back and forth between rock climbing and fly fishing. So this was in 2009 that I started Tenkara USA. And I was living in California at the time. And to go fly fishing or to go rock climbing, I had to drive three to four hours every time. And if I wanted to go backpacking, same thing, three, four, or five hours. And then when I got there, oftentimes I felt like I had to devote my, my time to one or the other activity. It was really hard to, to go up to the mountains and rock climb and fly fish. You know, you drive three, four hours, you're up there, you just kind of focus on one thing. Sometimes I'll do one thing and then the next day I'll do the other, but it was hard to kind of split the two. All of a sudden, 2007, 2008, I discovered the existence of Tenkara, bought a rod, and that's when I was able to, for the first time, do both activities in a way that made sense. So I actually went up on a climbing trip, um, and I had this rod, this tiny little rod along with me in the car, and after climbing for a full day, I was able to stop and fly fish. And that was the first time in, at that time, I had been fly fishing and rock climbing for 13 years. It was the first time that, or actually just under, but regardless, it was the first time that I ever felt like I was able to do both activities without one eating into the other. And that was a very, very cool thing. Uh, same thing with backpacking. Like I was, Margaret and I, my wife and I went on a backpacking trip before I started the company and I had a ride along. And as we hiked, I was able to set the rod up, fish, put the rod back in my backpack, and she barely even noticed that I stopped to fish. It was kind of cool to be able to split the time between hiking on a trail and then stopping and fly fish without one eating into the other so much. So all of a sudden, I was kind of realizing that, yeah, fly fishing can be simple. Yes, my kit can be very small. But most important to me personally, I can do all the other things that I want to do and fly fish without feeling like I was giving one or the other up. 
And that to me has been very important and a big part of the reason why I started Tenkata USA, uh, to be able to do both. Um, you know, so that's kind of like what I, just a rambling thought, you know, just some rambling philosophy. Um, but I also realized, uh, there's a lot of climbers, you know, like that are fly fisher uh, folks out there. And then one of these days I want to do a story or maybe a podcast episode about climbers who fish. Um, because there's a lot of climbers who, you know, when you're going out to a crag or you're going out to a, uh, to a mountain somewhere, you're going to be crossing streams and lakes and you're going to be seeing fish. And man, it's like so much fun to have a ride along and uh, be able to pull a fish out and during your trip or, you know, you just come back from a day of climbing and, and you're resting, a, you know, in the camp and you pull out the rod and you catch a fish, sometimes to eat, sometimes just for fun. Um, and I'm kind of finding more and more climbers who are, um, they're really fly anglers, these guys as climbers, as uh, somebody introduced me recently. So Hans Florine, uh, one example, um, and, and I will plug in his book, you know, on the nose. Um, if you have any interest whatsoever in rock climbing, you have to read it. But if you're interested in just the things that humans can achieve, uh, in Hans' case, I mean, it was like a brutal kind of set of stories where the first time he goes up to the nose, they spend like, you know, 14, 15 hours up and they actually give up before even getting halfway up the, the cliff. Um, you know, and that's the first time he went up. He could have been totally discouraged, never get on the rock, but he actually went back there, did it in, um, I forget how many hours the second time. And all of a sudden he starts doing it more and more times and he breaks the, the records constantly. And he brings down this. So the first time, just to give you a, an idea, the first time somebody climbed the nose, it was a process that took like 60 days or something incredibly long. Uh, not, of course, a continual push, Second time is something like six days. You know, a team of people went up and they climbed in six days. And then through trial and error and getting better and more efficient and that kind of thing, um, and with training, of course, Hans brought the time down to two and a half hours. You know, just kind of think a little bit about uh, the things that we can all do. So take a look at his book if you're interested in uh, feats that humans can achieve. And uh, I think you're going to be inspired. Um, but when it, when it comes to fishing as well, even if you do have any other outdoor obsessions like I do, um, see what you can do with fishing and like, you know, like how it is that you're enjoying your time fishing. Is it complementing another activity? Is it, is it allowing you to slow down when you're going really fast? So Hans is climbing the stuff like really fast up the cliffs. He comes down. And he fishes in Yosemite, you know, with his kid, and he slows down a little bit. It's something that, in his case, I think, you know, the complement between fly fishing and rock climbing are not so much hunter versus hunted. I think it's more fast versus a little slower. <laughs> um, you know, so I think there's a, you can look at other activities to complement your main outdoor obsession. And I think that can allow you to kind of learn more about yourself and enjoy activities in different ways. Um, you know, so that's kind of it. Oh, and I was going to mention too. So the the other thing, the other reason I decided to create this episode today um, was because I have a really cool story in a fly fish journal. 
the Fly Fish Journal that is just hitting the stands, Volume 8. I, forget, I think it's the first issue of Volume 8. I forget, I forget. But it's the one that is hitting the stands now in September 2016. I have a story for the magazine where I talk about those two outdoor obsessions being combined. Uh, and the story is about going up to uh, a very well-known climbing destination, uh, Fremont Canyon in Wyoming. And, and there's water down there that has a lot of big fish. And I wonder how many of you have ever walked on top of a bridge and, or maybe walked on a trail above a big cliff and you look down, 100 feet down, and you see this big pool and you're like, oh my gosh, I wonder if there's any fish down there. And you just keep walking past it because, you know, there's no way to get down there. So one of the other ways that rock climbing and fly fishing have combined in my life have been to be able to get to those very difficult fish that most people, they look at a pool down there and they wonder if anybody's ever caught those fish. And that's one of the things that I love to do is to go down there and catch those fish. So look out for the Fly Fish Journal uh, that is coming out right now for that story. Um, but I'll talk a little bit more about that because it is something, the, besides being complementary, um, I'll talk a little bit about how I merged my two outdoor obsessions uh, over time. You know, a lot of times we look at things as being mutually exclusive. It's like, oh, I can only go mountain biking or fly fishing, or I can only, you know, go skydiving or mountain biking. But sometimes we're lucky enough to find something that can be combined in a really fun way. And I think that's become my overall big outdoor obsession is finding ways to combine rock climbing and fly fishing in my life. And I, originally I was inspired by this thing that I have in Japan called shower climbing. So in Japanese they call it sawa nobody. So shower climbing is the idea, it's essentially the opposite of canyoneering. So a lot of times we look at canyoneering as rappelling down into gorges and keep kind of going down. But in Japan, a lot of times what I was seeing, like you have these gorges that are very narrow canyons um, and there's fish in them, but you have to keep climbing this waterfall. So they call it shower climbing because it's very wet. And, you know, in shower climbing, you're using these uh, neoprene, you know, felt so boots and uh, um, wetsuits because you, you're very often you have to swim through the water and you might get to certain parts you actually have to climb uh, to be able to keep ascending and get back to your car eventually. So when I first learned about that, I saw some images of some guys in Japan going to these very deep canyons and swimming through pools and climbing waterfalls and then there would be images of them just stopping and fishing and sometimes they'll be cooking a fish right there that they caught. And I thought that was like the coolest thing. Um, I learned about that after I started researching Tenkata. And that's become one of the biggest things that I love doing when I go to Japan now. I go shower climbing and fishing, combining the two. Um, I'm going to put a couple of videos, if you haven't seen those before, on the podcast page. So if you go to tenkatausa.com forward slash podcast. Uh, and you look at the page for this episode, My Outdoor Obsessions, uh, you see the videos where I combine shower climbing or canyoneering uh, and tenkara. 
I've also done the same in North Carolina before, uh, where we kind of, mostly in that case, we were descending, so we were rappelling down into different areas and then hiking out, uh, but catching fish that nobody's ever caught before. So one of the things that I love to do, uh, the Fly Fish Journal uh, for this publication, uh, for this current issue, as well as one that I, there's a story that I did for them, uh, I think it was 2011, um, has a really good piece about doing the shower climbing stuff. Um, and that's kind of like my current outdoor obsession overall, you know, finding ways of combining fly fishing and rock climbing because they fill different uh, instincts in my, in my body, in my soul, and they kind of keep me uh, fulfilled, you know, they keep me satisfied. That's enough rambling. I've kept you here for 31 minutes talking about my selfish, you know, self-absorbed obsessions of rock climbing and fly fishing. But those are the two things that drive me the most. I mean, I, I don't know where I would be without having rock climbing and fly fishing in my life. Um, in my life. Sorry. Um, I suspect a lot of you probably, you know, feel the same about fly fishing. Uh, it's something that, you know, can you even imagine your life without fly fishing? Or can you imagine your life without Tenkata at this point? I have a very hard time imagining my life without rock climbing and fly fishing at this point. And I'm very passionate about it. So I love being able to talk about it. Um, usually when I do these podcasts, I, uh, pretend like I'm just talking to myself so I'm kind of here you know just uh, rambling uh, and luckily for me I keep getting really good feedback from a lot of you that you're actually listening to the episodes but I hope I uh, don't ramble too much and just a little food for thought today um, I'd love to hear from you too if you have some outdoor obsessions that you know that that you have or if you um if you have things that you have been able to combine with Tenkara, um, you know, whatever it is, if you're motorcycling and taking your Tenkara ride along, you know, like what are your passions that you have been able to combine in a really fun way? Uh, either because they're complementary and you're doing one or the other, or because they can merge together well, like climbing and fishing, and you're able to do one and the other instead of one and or the other. So give me a shout out on uh, on the podcast page for this episode. Share, send us a message on Facebook or the the blog page uh, on our website. Uh, just find a way to let us know. And if you're on Instagram, look up the hashtag my outdoor obsession. Um, and sometime around now, I've got to look up the dates. Uh, sorry, I don't have the dates in front of me, but. Uh, we're going to be doing a giveaway of a Tenkara rod uh, through Hans Florine's campaign, My Outdoor Obsession. So look up the hashtag My Outdoor Obsession, or I think their website is MyOutdoorObsession.com. I'll, I'll research the links and the dates, and I'll put that on the page for this podcast. Uh, again, TenkaraUSA.com forward slash podcast. I'll have all the links that are relevant. Um but let me know, how are you combining Tenkara with other activities? Um, have you been able to find some interesting way of combining Tenkara with your favorite outdoor obsession? And keep an eye out for that My Outdoor Obsession campaign uh, for a Tenkara Rod giveaway that uh, that we're doing with Hans for uh, for his book. 
And uh, there's a lot of other giveaways that they're doing for for a good period of time for backpacks and other products as well. So just go to Instagram, look up the hashtag MyOutdoorObsession, or go to MyOutdoorObsession.com, or visit my page. I should have all these notes. I should have show notes, guys. Sorry, I apologize. I don't have show notes for this one. <laughs> so my thoughts are a little disorganized. But again, visit our page, tenkariosia.com forward slash podcast. Share your thoughts, look up the links, and I hope you get to enjoy the, you know, the end of summer here and your fall season with your favorite outdoor obsessions. Uh, in the winter, I've actually even been able to combine two, my two outdoor obsessions in an even more unusual way, uh, ice climbing and fly fishing. There are very few places in the world, I suspect, where you can do both at the same time. Um, but there's at least one place in Colorado that's very special and at least on two occasions I was able to ice climb you know in the earlier part of the day come out of the ice climbing area and fly fish in the afternoon if you're interested in those uh, just shoot me a question on on the podcast page and I can tell you a lot more about that but uh, that's it those are my outdoor obsessions hope you have some outdoor obsessions to uh, to enjoy for the rest of the uh the summer and fall season and over this next weekend and whenever you can thanks again for tuning in thanks for your support of tenkara usa and until the next episode of the tenkara cast